Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Peak Quail Realty in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Hall. Good morning, Mayor. Well, good morning, Derek, and happy 4th of July. But we'll talk more about that later. But I wanted to make sure we got it out there and just said happy 4th of July to everybody. But uh, a really tragic event last Saturday with the uh, ballooning accident down in Albuquerque. And uh, just want to make sure that we send out our condolences to the family and the ballooning community. It's always hard to see a tragic loss like that. Oh, you know, yeah. the balloons are what really make New Mexico a spectacular place. We're known for it with Albuquerque, Rio Rancho. We've got a lot of individuals that launch from Rio Rancho and all around Rio Rancho. And the balloons are one of those things that you look up in the sky and you see them and it just reminds you, you're in New Mexico, you're in Albuquerque, you're in Rio Rancho, right? And it's just something that we iconically get to see every day. And I can tell you, it's one of those things where I just never get tired of looking up and, and I got to do a quick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, count the balloons in the air, right? right. You know, it's fun you to just, see how many are up you know, there, yeah. You know, you just kind of do a quick count as to how many you're seeing at any given time. But, you know, it's always a tragic loss when uh, one of them ends up in an accident as bad as the one we had last week, so... Our deepest condolences to the ballooning community and to the families of the victims of this tragic balloon accident that happened last week in Albuquerque. And then long way away, but uh, the tragedy in Florida, building yeah. coming down like that. When does that happen? It doesn't. I, in my entire life, unless it was a deliberate destruction of a right. building, have never seen that happen in the United States, right? Short of the Twin Towers right, and, right. you know, for, and, but the, that was... You know, flying an airplane in the that building, was a but just terrorist attack. Yeah, this building was just sitting there. Yeah, just wanted to just sit there and basically just evaporate. And uh, I still watch the video and go that it happened so quickly. I mean, it just was in in seconds. The center section of that building went down, and then a couple seconds later, the whole rest of the section came down, and it was very tragic. And once again, as we think about the victims and their families and the people that are impacted by that tragic loss, are thoughts and prayers go out to each and every one of them. And, you know, the other thing that we really always have to remember, whether it's the balloon accident or the building collapse in Florida, we really need to remember that the first responders that respond to that stuff are putting their lives on the line, like out over in the building. When you see those first responders in the videos where they've got the braces, the portable braces mm -hmm. that are going up and holding that slab of concrete above their heads, that's a lot of bravery right oh, there yeah. because you're in there and there's a lot of people in there and my first thought is man there's a lot of people underneath that slab of concrete and i understand they're trying to rescue people and they they're amazing and they're brave and i'm grateful for them doing it but you just you're also so scared for them at that very moment going those little metal braces are holding mm -hmm. up that huge slab of concrete above their heads as they're trying to dig into a cavity to see if there's anybody alive in there and so i get a little panicked for the first responders because they're going in there and that's just such an unstable situation. But I'm grateful for the first responders because they get in there and they do a job that is so unsafe and nobody else can do it. So they go in and they do it and they put their lives at risk to try to save the lives of other people. And that's why I've always had an affinity and a respect and a love for our first responders. And up here in Rio Rancho, We've got some amazing first responders, our police and uh, fire, and I'm always grateful for the work that they do. But it just really brings it home when you see them working on a building like mm -hmm. that one down in Florida. You know, it, it just brings it home of how unsafe that is. 
Now, on to some more positive things on this 4th of yeah, July. Yeah, absolutely. How about a new business opening in Rio Rancho? Yeah, so we did a ribbon cutting for a great little new uh, barber shop called 66 Cut Rio. We did that last Saturday, so it was about a week ago. And uh, that's a new little business there on Unser. I think they're at 224 Unser Boulevard, if I'm not mistaken. And they just opened up there in the little locally owned business. And I was real excited because we had Teresa Tapia come out and join us and Johnny Jr. And he was talking about his uh, fight. And Teresa's like, well, you know, Johnny, my husband was a fighter. Now my son's going to be a fighter. So it was interesting just to listen and talk to them. But uh, Teresa's really a neat person. And it was great to meet her son uh, and, and have him there as part of that ribbon cutting. So that was pretty cool. Neat uh, small town barbershop. It's like uh, Floyd's place there in Mayberry. You know, you can go yes. in and sit down and chat with people. At- exactly. And that's exactly the way it is. All the barber chairs, all the chairs were set up in there kind of in a configuration where if you were getting your hair cut, you could see the people across and you'd have a conversation, yeah. right? So it was kind of set up in a way where you could have that barbershop. I guess we'll call it gossip (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, or fish stories, fish stories. We'll call it. Yeah. That's what it's a barbershop. It's a barbershop. It's got to be big fish stories. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so anyway, but yeah, you get in there, you chat and it's a really cool little location. And so we want to congratulate them on opening of their new business there. I noticed the governing body meeting had on their agenda something going on with the Kmart building, zoning, what's going on there? Well, the interesting you should ask, because a lot of people ask about the Kmart building. It's been there for quite some time. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, a couple of years ago, Define Fitness bought the entire building. So the coming soon sign has been on there. And they were going to, at the same time, they were building their new Define Fitness up in in Shannon Hills, which is open since then right they were going to also start work on this building forty thousand square feet of this building to build a defined fitness there in that building and so unfortunately the uh, pandemic hit and kind of put all of their plans on hold so there's been a chain link fence up around the building now when defined fitness purchased the building what a lot of people may or may not know is that Kmart is a 90,000 square foot building. It's a, it's a big building, oh, yeah. right? I used to go in there when yeah. it was Kmart. Yeah, and, and you should go in there now when it's empty. It's, it's weird. That would be weird. It I is. never thought of that. Yeah, no. With all the ceiling tiles gone and you can see everything right up to the roof. And yeah, it's just it's gutted out and stripped out. You go in there and it's a massive cavern of a building. So, yeah. you know. And so they're only going to take 40,000 square feet of that for the new uh, Define Fitness. That leaves about 50,000 square feet left over. So the owner of the building came forward and said to get maximum flexibility out of this particular space, they wanted to add to the existing zoning. So there was some misinformation out there about rezoning. There was no rezoning. Okay, so the zoning did not change on the building. Retail, is that what it is? Yeah, it's a a special use retail commercial, yeah. And back in when the building was built years and years and years ago, there was this whole list of acceptable uses for the building, is that if it's zoned SU and it's commercial, you can do retail, you can do this, you can do that. And as you probably remember, Kmart used to sell tires, and some of them had automotive services and stuff like that. So there's this whole list of things that you can do in this space, including a restaurant, because if you remember Kmart, they had a little restaurant inside there, you know, a little snack shop, right? right? Snack bar, yeah. So in this particular building, there was a whole slew of uses that were identified that the building could be used for. Well, 
One of the uses that was not identified for this particular building was warehouse and storage. Okay. But one could argue that isn't a Kmart just a big warehouse? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you well, know. And not every product they had was on the shelf. They did have stuff stored in the back sure. that they would bring out when the shelf would become empty. Sure, exactly. So the owner of the building asked so that they could have maximum flexibility, can we please add to the current zoning warehousing and storage? And so the governing body considered whether or not to add warehousing and storage to the building. Now, there was some debate out there as to what was going to happen in the building or what have you. But really, when you talk about adding warehousing and storage, I think some of the information that was out there is, well, you know, we could have had some other business there. And warehousing and storage won't generate GRT. Well, you don't know that. You don't know that. And the reason I say you don't know that is my business before I became mayor was shipping warehouse and storage. And I paid a lot of GRT on shipping warehouse and storage because people were paying me to act as a service and as a business. When you think about warehousing and storage, it's not just going in. It's not It's not like a warehouse that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, yeah, right. you know, where you, you <laughs> just... Storing those crates. Yeah. Right. Just storing the crates in perpetuity forever, right? And there's one guy that, the one lone forklift driver that yeah, puts stuff away. <laughs> yeah. so, well, I mean, you have these storage unit places where people store stuff and you pay a monthly fee. And right. And there's GRT GRC. on that. Yeah. You do get, there is GRT on those storage leases because yeah. they, yeah, that's lease, gross receipts, tax on those storage units. So there is GRT on that. But anyway, the building has been sitting there for seven to eight years vacant. And the, I think the argument from the city council was, the one public comment that was received that was opposing this was that warehousing storage doesn't generate jobs. It doesn't generate GRT. But our point was, is that the building has sat there for seven years and hasn't generated a penny of GRT and it's become quite the eyesore. So if we can generate some sort of activity in that building, that'll be great. Now the gym is still going to be there. So that didn't change. They're still going to use the 40,000 square feet for the gym. There's just 50,000 square feet now that might potentially be used for warehousing and storage. Now, if that's the case, great. If not, if a retail company or a grocery store or something like that still wanted to go in there, they certainly could do that. I don't know if you remember, but years ago when I was doing my real big kick, for a Trader Joe's to come yeah, to town, right. right? We had the Hastings building that's right there that was vacant, mm-hmm. and we had the Kmart building. And I stood in front of those two buildings and said, you know, these are two great places that a Trader Joe's could come if a Trader Joe's wanted to come here. But now there's a natural grocer's across the street. And, well, you would think that other stores might come in for competition. You also have to look at the fact that the area is becoming heavily saturated in grocery stores because now you have the Smiths. You have the Walmart neighborhood market, you have the natural grocers, and just up the street, you have the Albertsons. So you've got quite a few grocery components going on in that localized area. So it doesn't make sense to put another grocery store, you know, right across the street from three other grocery stores. And I think if you're a Trader Joe's, you can kind of pick your location and everybody's going to go there, right? I'll drive a little, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, I would, you you know, it's kind of a specialty thing. You would drive a little further to a Trader Joe's than maybe to a regular standard supermarket. Right. Well, look, and that's the way it works right now is that people that live in, in Rio Rancho will drive down to the store at Alameda and Corrales Road to go to that Sprouts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And before natural grocers moved up here, People from Rio Rancho drove all the way down to their Cottonwood location down there in front of the Target store. 
Yeah. Okay. Or over to uh, Trader Joe's down on Paseo. Right. Down North Dayton, and if uh, you're a real Trader Joe's enthusiast, you drive over all the way to the east side of Albuquerque right. to go to, I don't know, it's like Paseo in Wyoming or something that's, like that. Yeah, somewhere over there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the closest one I know of to here. Right. So I think if you're a Sprouts or a Trader Joe's and you land up here in Rio Rancho, you can pretty much name your location and people are going to go there. Yeah. And I believe that if we are able to land a Trader Joe's up in Rio Rancho before one lands on, on Albuquerque West Side, we'll get a lot of the Albuquerque West Side traffic coming up into Rio Rancho to go to our store. Mm-hmm. And when that'll drive a lot of additional business for other businesses in Rio Rancho. Right. And so by bring- here, you buy other stuff, exactly. stop at other stores. Exactly. Yeah. By bringing that traffic or reverse flowing that traffic, things are going to be real great. But all that being said is that right now there has been nobody that, other than Defying Fitness, that's even been vaguely interested in that Kmart building. So I think from my perspective and from the city council's perspective, is let's give the building the best opportunity for success by allowing the property owner the most amount of flexibility to be able to do something with that space other than just let it sit there and collect dust or decay and the parking lot's falling apart. And so we want to see a developer go in there, like to find fitness and get that thing up and going, get that parking lot fixed. And just the traffic from that gym alone is going to drive a lot of additional traffic into that facility. A gym, you know, by parking standards, a gym generates really the most amount of traffic than any other retail facility because everybody shows up there. They usually are not carpooling to the gym, you know, different things like that, right? So that being said, the city council did approve a zoning amendment to allow for an additional use in the current zoning, which allows for warehousing and storage. Now, it does not diminish any other use. So if, and I say if, Trader Joe's shows up tomorrow and they want that space, we will do everything we can to put them right in there. So, and also point out that for warehousing and storage in the area, Intel has very large storage and warehousing operation going on there, you know, shipping operation, shipping and receiving. And that was another question is the truck traffic. And, you know, Intel has always had truck traffic there on Sarah Road. And so this isn't, I don't believe this is going to add any additional truck traffic, especially not on the front side because the loading docks are on the back. Certainly if you were going to have traffic, 528 is the place to have it because it's three lanes wide on each side. Correct. So. So you got a state highway there and then you have Sarah Road. And there are already semi-trucks that run into that area all the time, depending on what it turns out. Because at this point in time, we just added it as an additional use. So we don't have any information that says this is what's going to become of the building, right? So we don't have any data to that. But if they do come forward with a building permit that says, look, this is what we're going to do in it, make no mistake, it's got to comply with all the laws, whatever they're doing in their warehousing and storage or what have you. Somebody brought up the idea that what if they stored chemicals there? Well, then they'd have to go through the state environmental department and get all kinds of permits for that. So those are the things that we would look at as they come forward, but it's not just a carte blanche situation. And once again, giving the owner the most flexibility for something that's consistent with the use that's already there. The building owner having the most flexibility is going to use those flexibilities to attract the highest and best use for the building. And it's in their interest to come up with the highest and best use because they're in business to make money. Yeah, exactly. One of the reasons I didn't put the radio station on Southern Boulevard, (laughs) we don't need retail frontage. Right. As long as people listen, it doesn't really matter where we are. Right, right. (laughs) And, you know, when you look at business models these days as well, you see a lot of these businesses that are trying to get 
locations that are closer and closer to the road. And so having a building that's pushed back as far as this Kmart building is, is sometimes not what businesses are looking for. They want to be up front and closer to the road. Um, you no. know, if not right along the road. But as big as that Kmart was, you had to have that much parking. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, you had to have it. And some of the smaller operations don't need that much no. parking. Oh, no. So, yeah, absolutely. And we're finding today with people carpooling and with Uber and Lyft and some of the other transportations that are out there that really, in most cases, we're finding that we've really kind of overparked, if mm-hmm. you will, a lot of these huge areas. So you see some shopping centers, for example, Cottonwood Mall has done this in a couple of occasions where they've taken down some of the parking lot and allowed another building to be built. Yes. Okay. Because they're basically over parked. They basically built the parking based on a schematic or a planning document that says, if you build a building this many square feet, it must have this many parking spaces. Yeah. And so there was an equation to apply well, to that. Well, there are city requirements for that. Correct. Yeah. And then we adopt those city requirements exactly for parking to make sure you're not pushing everybody out into the streets or overflowing into the streets, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to have the capacity to deal with the potential influx of customers or cars that are going to come to your property. You can't just let them overflow and park on sure. other people's property or out in the street. But all those designs, all those plans were done before Amazon.com. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> and so exactly. they don't need as many. So, so, yeah, now as business models are starting to shift and change, we're seeing that the demand for parking spaces isn't what it once was. So that allows for some of this parking space to be redeveloped. And I've always said that if you broke that Kmart building down and put the right businesses in there where you didn't inundate the parking lot with too much parking you could really reduce that parking out there by doing another outbuilding in the parking lot there and possibly to the street and there are some of those that are up there by 528 in that parking lot exactly you could really put one right up there where you know where you come in off of uh, hilltop Mm -hmm. plaza you could put a building right there and you wouldn't hurt the parking in that at all and you'd have a frontage retail space. There's a big O right up there. I so. think so, yes. And it's right there on the corner. And then, of course, you've got Wex on the corner. Right. So those are two right there front oh, and center on 528. Yeah. Hot tamales, exactly. Yeah. Burger King. Yeah. And so the closer people get to 528, the, the more they like it. And so I think, quite frankly, as we look at our various different parking demands, you could make some modifications to this parking lot at, and actually add additional retail spaces into the mix. Could you do a weekend swap meet out there? Do you got to get a separate permit? For You'd that? have to have a permit for that, yeah. but yeah, but you still could. You, yeah. you could do that. I mean, that's that's certainly something that could be um, looked so at. The, the property in the meantime. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's going on there. And then uh, I think we had uh, one other item, which I was really happy to, to be a part of, is we voted yes on the LIDA agreement, which is Local Economic Development Act. Okay, is what that is. Mm-hmm. But we have Alita funds where we help businesses with certain things. And we participated in the Alita agreement for the new Intel investment. So the state was involved, the county was involved, the city was involved. And so we voted on the contract that allowed us to give the money to the county and the county acts as the fiduciary for the money to work with the Alita agreement with Intel. So we were real happy to get that done as well, showing and stating our commitment to Intel Corporation. And we're just happy that they're investing another $3.5 billion into our local economy. That translates into about $80 million a year in annual payroll that's coming into the community, right? Not to mention all the jobs. So big win for the city of Rio Rancho. 
big win for the state of New Mexico and obviously still big win for Sanibel County. It's just all around a big win for the whole area to see them reinvest in this in this facility. Do we know how many people that they might be bringing back who used to work for Intel and how many new people will be coming in? Because they're hiring 700 people, not counting the construction. There aren't that many houses for sale. <laughs> right. No, there's not. <laughs> So uh, they'll probably bring him back. I've been hearing that they're looking at bringing back some of the people that retired from there years ago that still live in the area. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking at some of those individuals. But for the most part, I think they're going to be hiring and importing people to get whoever they need here to get the work done. And that means that there's going to be a huge demand on the houses. And I'm going to tell you, I'm seeing houses being built now in places that seemed stagnant, for example, there's this, these cute little houses that run on the street right behind where the trampoline park is. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're back there. And those those lots, those lots have sat vacant for years, right? I just drove down there the other day because there was a detour because of a traffic accident. And I realized it looked like they had about 10 of them started. Are those houses or condos? I think they're townhomes. Yeah. I think they're townhomes. But those lots Still have been, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, those lots have been sitting there vacant for many, 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 many yeah. years. They were there when I was looking. Yeah. Right. And I was very pleased to see that they're being built out now. And uh, I think the and right down here off a of Meadowlark, I noticed there's a bunch of uh, looks yep. like townhouses or apartments or something. Yeah, they're they're lucky they got those started before this announcement because they yeah. might. I think they're probably going to be full up as soon as those things come available. Those are going to be gone. Those townhomes, oh, yeah. and you know, if you're getting one of those, that's cool because. On those townhomes, they've got the balconies that face to the east. Oh, those yeah, are going to have view. some incredible views. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I might have to go over there and look at those myself because <laughs> those uh, those have some incredible views coming off that because they're up above the houses in front of them, right? So yeah. it's unobstructed views with uh, Metal Arc right below and you there. real close to Intel. Yeah, or very close Short to Intel. drive to work. So. Exactly. <laughs> you, you could walk to work. You could. Yeah. You could walk to work. <laughs> Because that's just right there on the corner of Sarah and Metal Arc, and uh, you just go up two blocks, and there you are at Intel. And so I would think if you're like Pulte or one of those guys, you're looking real hard at Rio Rancho. Oh, they are. Well, we actually have quite a few developments, and we can talk about more of that next week or in the following weeks. There's quite a few developments that are queued up, but now they're looking at how do they get into kind of turbo mode, Mm -hmm. right? And go from being a development that's queued up to actually delivering lots, and that's what's important is once the developers come in and they actually they put in all the infrastructure, the water, the sewer, the electric, fix all the drainage, put down the streets, put in the curb, the gutter, the sidewalks, do all that work, right? And then at that point, you turn it over to the builder so that they can start building houses. So delivering hopefully, lots. Hopefully know. the price of lumber will go down before yeah, they well, start. I don't know. It's going to make those houses expensive. It, that's the problem. And that was really one of the issues that I touched on a few weeks ago when we talked about the affordable housing study is mm-hmm. these houses are getting more and more and more expensive. And that's because the demand on the market is huge. And um, I had a friend of mine that put his house on the market the other day. And uh, I told him, I, I said this before he put his house on the market because he was like, well, how do, what, do you think the housing market is really all that good? And I said, look, I said, you need to be ready to move. Why? And I said, because you're going to put it on the market and within 24 hours, it will be sold. With a 30-day escrow. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I said, most likely, they're going to get in a bidding war. I said, you have a nice home. It's in a, in a nice area. 
And sure enough, put the house on the market and he had, uh, I think he's told me seven escalating offers within 24 hours. And wow. it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And everybody was bidding out on his house. And now I've got folks that are in the city that are saying, hmm, maybe I'll sell mine now at the peak and wait and see what happens. Yeah, but you where know? do you go in the you, meantime? You, 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 You're you going to pay more yeah. for the ne- your next house. Mm-hmm. That's the problem unless you move out of the city. Well, that is that is the problem is that unless you have a place to go where you can actually get into something a little less expensive, then you're setting yourself up to pay a higher price for one of the new ones, right? Yeah. So, that and that really is the issue because there's a lot of young couples and entry-level labor force that they can't afford these houses, but Rio Rancho's their home and they want to stay here and they want to be a part of Rio Rancho. So we've got to try to figure out how to make sure that we have housing available for the individuals that are working here that maybe can't afford a mortgage on a half a million dollar house. Or maybe you don't I know, want a mortgage just like those apartments over here on, on Meadowlark, the other Meadowlark. Right. <laughs> uh, 528, what Southern turns into when you cross. Those are decent places. I remember uh, I had an employee that lived in one of those, and what we just don't have enough. Right. Multifamily is uh, something that we're severely lacking in. And the evidence of that is the fact that any multifamily unit that's being built at this point in time is pretty much leased up before they even break ground. I mean, there are people are renting these places faster than you can shake a stick at them, right? So, yeah, there's going to be a huge need. So as Intel comes online, there's no doubt, Derek, we're going to have to hustle on getting the housing ready because 700 permanent employees means 700 families. So, you know, you got to put them somewhere. And not that all 700 of them will end up living in Rio Rancho. I'm sure some of them will find their way down to Albuquerque and Corrales and Bernalillo and mm-hmm. Placidas. I'm sure they'll find the various different places, right? But in the meantime... We have a huge demand on housing that uh, we currently can't accommodate. And so it's bringing some of these on. But some of the other developments, and we can talk about it in subsequent weeks, is uh, like Los Diamantes. They're out there working hard. They should be delivering lots anytime soon. And the builders will get to work on there. And I would assume they're going to build houses there as fast as they can get them up. And those are, again, higher-end homes. You know, they're smaller lots, but big houses. Yeah, it's my understanding that Pulte and D.R. Horton will be building there as well. So it should be some beautiful neighborhoods and great place for people to live and very close to the new Joe Harris Elementary School. Right. And as you said, yeah, it's not just the employees, it's their families, and they're going to need schools. Exactly. Well, good deal. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July. No parade today, but we have stuff going on tonight. Yes, no parade. Unfortunately, we just could not get that coordinated with everything else. And tonight's going to be the first night that we're going to celebrate Fourth of July in the new campus park out at City Center. So we ask everybody to be a little bit patient with us because this is the first time we've programmed this park. And I'm very excited about it. And I think anybody that comes out is going to see this beautiful amphitheater performing arts stage called the Sky Room. And we have tonight the Army Band that's going to play from 6 to yeah, roughly 8. They're going to have a teardown period and then there's going to be a setup period. So from 6 to roughly 8, the Army Band will be playing. Then at 8 o'clock tonight, we will have a ribbon cutting celebrating the opening of this new facility beautiful new facility called campus park and at that point once we get the ribbon cutting done 
we will introduce the New Mexico Philharmonic who will play tonight from 8.15 to about 9.15. And then at 9.15, when they wrap up, we are going to set off the fireworks and celebrate the 4th of July. And uh, it should be a fun Independence Day. I'm keeping a close eye on the weather because uh, it's a little cloudy out there, but I think we're going to be okay. And so July 1st? All the health restrictions were lifted, so there's no limitations now to come to this event. No, there are none. There are none. And look, we're out there to have a good time and celebrate. There's going to be food trucks out there, lots of activities. Bring your blankets. Bring a picnic basket if you want to. Bring folding chairs. Bring umbrellas. Just in case it starts raining, yeah. <laughs> you know. So that put a damper. Uh, yeah, I hope not. I'm I'm crossing my fingers, right? But come on out, and uh, there's plenty of parking because it's city center. We've got tons of parking oh, out yeah. there, right? And we've got a bunch of just a lot of fun things happening with the food trucks that'll be out there, and should be a great time. Come out, sit back, relax. Now I do want to remind everybody: you cannot bring your own fireworks. No glass containers, please. And no alcoholic beverages, and it is a since it's a city park, a lot of people there, no smoking and stuff like that, right? So it's just a family-friendly event that we're going to have out there, and we should be having a great time. And if you live in Northern Meadows, hey, what a great time to live in Northern Meadows. Well, just yeah, look east, you yeah, know, you'll and, see it. yeah, absolutely. Well, I will tell you that the people of uh, Loma, Colorado, have enjoyed having the show right out, yeah. right off their back doors for a few years now, and that was a great place to have it. Uh, but um, the problem that we had there was just pure and simple. There was just no parking. Right. I mean, the lows on the other side of Loma, Colorado, turned into a big tailgate party, right? And so there was just no way to park in it. And then you congested the whole area down there. City Center gives us a little bit more flexibility for getting the cars in and out of there in a little more orderly fashion. And it allows for more people to show up and actually participate in the event and park and be in the park. Because the Loma, Colorado Park was, it's a beautiful park. It's cool the way it's tiered. But we also couldn't have the food trucks in there. So they had to vend outside the fence. Right. So that was a little bit of a difficult thing. And so here we've got the food trucks right there. The other thing is, is that we will have some portable restrooms there, but this also has built-in restroom facilities. Mm. So we've got that there as well. So this is a little more equipped to do an event of this type of scale. And it's going to be around the Sky Room, which is really, quite frankly, it's a beautiful structure. And it's really the first iconic structure that Rio Rancho has ever had. So this is a first. And we're excited about it. And the park's officially open now. They took down all the fencing last week, and it was really cool because I've been waiting for that fencing to come down for a long time. But now that the fencing's down, people can go and just walk onto the park and enjoy it. You can just go there. But let's say you have a drama class or an acting class or a yoga studio or anything like that. And let's say you just want to come over and use the Sky Room or you want to come over and use the park. Well, it's open and it's there. If you have, want to have an event, you can now contact Parks and Rec, and Parks and Rec will start programming that park so that you can have your event there. And maybe you want to do Shakespeare in the park because yeah, it's got an amphitheater go. there, yeah. right? So there's so many cool things that you can do. And then we're looking at this as a really cool opportunity to have after-hour events after events that happen at the event center. Now, I know that's saying event a lot. <laughs> so, but... Having after-hour venues for events that happen in the Rio Rancho Event Center. So an example might be if we were having pork and brew this year, which we're not, but say we next year, you have pork and brew, it's done, the sun's going down, 
you could have a concert in that park where everybody from Park and Brew just walks over and... Exactly. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. And so that way it gives people a little something extra to do, relax in the park, having a good time, and maybe enjoy a concert if we had a local band that decided they want to come set up. And, oh, you're not going to you book know, Garth Brooks out there? Uh, probably not going to book. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not going to get Garth. Kind but, of expensive. But who knows, right? Yeah. No, uh, never say never. But we would get somebody out there that would do something. We've got a lot of great little local bands that I can think of that would come out there and do something. But other things that we're going to do out there is like movies in the park. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So we'll have all that going on as well. Good. I do want to remind everybody, though, for the 4th of July, as you're celebrating, that any fireworks that go above like eight feet or out wider than eight feet are banned right now. While we have had some nice rain, Derek, we're still in a drought and we don't want to cause a fire. But I want to remind everybody that the big high shooting fireworks are illegal in the city of Rio Rancho. And so we would ask everybody to please be courteous, be respectful with the fireworks this year because when you're setting off the fireworks and they're really loud explosives, it really disturbs some people in our community with PTSD and things like that. And then also animals, it really upsets a lot of the animals. So I would ask everybody to please, I know you want to get out and celebrate tonight. I know everybody's excited about celebrating the 4th of July and shooting off some fireworks, but remember to be respectful to your neighbors and remember that right now fireworks are still banned down to the legally described fireworks that you can find on the city's website. And those are just real bare minimum fireworks. But I want everybody to go out and have a safe and happy 4th of July.